Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wise Guys. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. You realize we're coming up on our one-year anniversary once we get into May? It's, it's hard to believe. And, and when we started this thing, you know, the idea was, as Dave's, in your words, Dave, it's to have the largest group of BYU fans in the world all, all, all gathered together. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a show based on sports, yeah. but, but it's really a show to bring the BYU community uh, together. And, and you know what? Not even just if you're a BYU grad. If, if, if you follow the culture, you follow the Big 12, you follow any of that, that, we have some really interesting guests and have over time. We don't just bring football and basketball players on here. We bring all kinds of sports people and all kinds of coaches, but astronauts, entertainers. It's been so fun. Elaine Bradley is going to yep. come on with us in a few weeks. Matt and Savannah and, Shaw and are going to be with us in April. For people that don't, like Elaine Bradley, that name not might not be familiar, but as soon as she's on here, you're going to recognize her because yeah. she's the drummer for Neon Trees. Considered one of the finest female drummers in the world. Yeah. Is going to be on here with that. us. And we're, and then... And she loves BYU sports yeah, too. Right. But she loves music more. Yeah. And then who'd you mention? And oh, Matt and Savannah Shaw, they've got 1.5 million followers right. around they're, the they're, world. They're these incredibly musically talented. It's a father-daughter singing duo that has ties to BYU, yeah. but have done a phenomenal job of bringing light and great music to the world. They're going to come on with and us. And they're excited to be on. Yeah. They love sports. Right. And music, and we're like the perfect place for that. And, and then, of course, we'll have Chris Hoke next week, two-time Super oh, Bowl yeah. champion great. with the Steelers. And Max Hall's coming on with us later in this month ahead of the alumni game. It's good to have him back. Uh, wrote a big story about Ty Detmer in the Deseret News uh, this week, and Max is in there. And anyway, uh, it's, I, it's a fun read. You want to check that out at Deseret.com. Yep. Uh, but we'll have Max here as well. Join us, please. Follow us on YouTube. Just go and hit the subscribe button. It's free. It's great for us. Uh, so as a personal favor, we'd like you to do that. Follow us on Facebook and Twitch. Our home base is YSGuys.com. That's where all our interviews are. Right, and you can go find them there. You know what? When they reprocess it, so you have two options. If you don't get to be on the show with us live, which is the most fun because we can follow you on the chat yeah. during the live show, and then we can ask questions that you're asking. We do that every week. But if for some reason you can't be with us on Tuesday night, you can either go to ysguys.com on Wednesday morning. Um, at some point, um, it'll be there. And you can watch the whole thing. You can watch the video stream in its entirety if that's what you want to do. And I our, think you should one, do that instead of work. Yeah, yeah, or while you work. Our Wise right. Guys podcast is in, available in all the places you can get yeah. your podcast. That's up on, on Wednesday. And then on our home base is ysguys.com. That's where you got the interviews with Danny Ainge, Murray Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Ty Detmer, Kyle Van Noy, Max you, you, Hall, you name slew it. of others. A lot of people talk to me um, – in the last couple of days about our, our Kyle Van Noy interview last yeah. week about how much they love that and how just brutally honest and and how open Kyle was. That's Kyle, and that one of the reasons we love having him on here, um, and we'll have him again, is because he is just such a 
awesome soul and he and he is not afraid to say what he thinks and no and he told us some stuff i didn't expect to hear like he doesn't eat cold cereal right that's I'm messed like, up that was way off the chart well you know what if, so i bet <laughs> i bet marissa eats healthy too and yeah. as, as we know well they force feed their kids smoothies yeah with as, spinach as, as, as we know the two of them are into <laughs> just like perfection in terms of how fit they are yeah. so so that that actually didn't surprise me remember danny ainge told us that his favorite cereal was shredded wheat. Is there a trend with these athletes? And we're like, what is going on? And and then I forgot until afterwards that Danny, remember, he had some heart troubles when he was yeah. the GM of the Celtics. And yeah. so he's probably doing that for his health. But he did admit that sometimes he has to put like five tablespoons of sugar <laughs> on that thing to make sure. Then he was speaking okay. our language. Yeah, now then we understood that. But but such great guests. A lot of people tell me, hey, I, I do my long bike ride and I put the podcast in and listen. This week was great. That however you can be with us. Come join us. We love to have you in whatever format. And uh, and we hope to be able to, this is the one year, we hope this thing will just continue to grow. Yeah. And we we, can, we will continue to bring you the, the, the finest guests and most interesting guests that you'll get anywhere. We have some fun guests today. We'll tell you about in just a second. Uh, as far as what we've got on the show tonight for BYU football, we're in there's a second week of spring practice ahead of joining the Big 12. When we've been over there. We've talked to the guys. We've watched them work out. They were in full pads getting after each other the That's other day. Right. It was very exciting. I, I, I ran into Tyler Batty's wife, um, Elena, and I just said, hey, how's, how's Tyler liking it? She goes, oh, my gosh. Like, it's just so much easier to live with him right now. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And she said, because when he can put the pads on and hit people, he's a sweetheart he's at home. He's a sweetheart at home. He, but he might, I don't know, she didn't say this, but my, um, my jump is, he must be grumpy when he can't hit people. So he's hitting people and he's loving I talked it. to him after practice the other day and he said he is the healthiest he has ever been yeah. in his life. When you think about a kid who's six foot five, a rush end, uh, and he's been slowed up by nicks and, and things for the last couple of years. So not only does he have Sione, who was with us a couple of weeks ago on the defensive line, and the, and Popinga, who was with us a few weeks mm -hmm. ago as the rush ends, and Jay Hill, who was with us as the defensive mastermind, um, he's healthy. Yeah. And, uh, boy, and he is happy. And, they, and they've taken a, a real strong fundamental look at their strength and conditioning offseason program this year with an eye toward, yeah, we need these guys to be big and fast and strong. But we, ha we have to look closely at the number one priority is let's keep people healthy. Not only keep them healthy in the offseason, but how do we train them for them to be healthy during the season so they don't get nine linebackers deep, deep like they have the last couple of years? By the time Oklahoma comes in here on November 18th, if we're healthy, we can beat them. can be with Oklahoma. And then they got to go on the road Thanksgiving weekend to Oklahoma State. Yeah. It's a little different because you start with a little lighter schedule, although Arkansas is on the schedule be just because of couldn't get out of that one, right? Yeah. So you have some tune-up games. Um, and in the past, BYU, last couple of years, they've gotten to November when all the heavyweights are coming in and they're just depleted. And the, the hope is that with what they've done in the offseason this year and what they're going to do during the summer, that they get to November and they're healthy yeah. so, that they can, so that they can go and they can compete with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at the very end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And for some time, we've been teasing the big names coming for the alumni yeah, game, we speaking can, we of football. Can yeah, we can tell you now. Now the cat's out of the bag, and uh, we're going to talk about that. The quarterbacks. It's going to be awesome. Last year, it seems impossible to top, but coming into this year, they've already topped it yeah. in, in some of the names that are going to come play. The only way they're going to top it next year? Is if if Jim McMahon comes and quarterbacks one team and Steve Young quarterbacks can, the other? Can Jim even move around enough to do that? So we, if we could get two Super Bowl championship quarterbacks to do this, that would be something. That would be something. Steve's in phenomenal shape. Yeah. You know, I see Steve and, and talk to Steve quite a bit, and 
I think Steve could do it. Jim probably couldn't couldn't do it. No, I think he's I think, just happy being able to play golf. Well, and here's the thing with Jim: it's not because he wouldn't want to mentally. He you his know, ankle and foot but, and his arms okay, but he's had so many injuries yeah. throughout his career that I'm I'm worried that um, the last time we saw him, he could barely yeah, walk because he yeah. just had surgery. And, and, and I will say with Jim though, he's he's uh, you know he had all that post concussion stuff, and he saw a specialist, and he's doing so good. Um, in that area, like he's quick witted and just like, just like the gym that we all were with in school. Um, he, he could just, be an honorary. He can just crack you up. So I'd love to see Jim back for the alumni game. He, yeah. Jim's back in the fold. He'd join us in the broadcast booth. Yeah. Oh, that would be really fun. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be really fun. So women's basketball team is extending their season into the postseason. Some details on that coming right, up. Right. And, and BYU broadcasting past and present. So Michael Miner, Russell Merrill, and David Phillips are going to join us to talk about the game inside the game and what the Big 12 means for the future of BYU TV sports. And so the, these guys, um, Russ and Michael, everything you see um, and have seen for the last 30 years on BYU TV and the entity that has grown up into all of these programs and things and, and live events and streaming and all that were the brainchild of these two. And, and we're going to maybe reminisce with them because every major sporting event in the last 30 years that's happened at BYU, these guys have been a part of it. They've documented it. They've been there. I'm just going to give you one example. Ty Detmer is playing at Hawaii the year of the Heisman Trophy ceremony yeah. back in New York. These guys and you and I helped put together the direct satellite feed broadcast to bring that with Ty on live in Lavelle, the Heisman Trophy ceremony when Ty won the Heisman Trophy. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're all right there. Yeah. And so that's just that's just one of the many, many, you name it. Miami, BYU, like you name it, these guys and we're are we're going to name it. it, so we're going to go so, down memory and, and, road. And, and then David Phillips is is in that role today where he's responsible for help transitioning BYU sports into the Big 12. So, yeah. so it'll be great conversations today. It's going to be exciting, and it'll take you down uh, down memory road Uh and, and we'll have some fun stories. Uh, as for the headlines on campus, the spring scrimmage is coming up March 31st. That's at 3 in the afternoon Mountain Time on BYU TV. And then, as mentioned, the alumni game follows live at 5 p.m. on March 31st on BYU TV. Who's going to quarterback in that game? Well, the quarterbacks are the starters are, are Ty Detmer and Max Hall. Is that right? No, no, no. Ty and John. Yeah, because Ty and Max are teammates. Yeah, so so Ty and John are going to be the starters. John Beck, and he, you know, those guys can still throw it. They're like Ty's still training quarterbacks and coaching. <laughs> Max is still training quarterbacks and coaching. So they're throwing every day, and then the backups are going to be Max Hall and Brandon Doman. And Max Hall is coaching quarterbacks and doing all that. So and throwing every day. Now here's the thing about Brandon. Like Brandon is one of the most fit competitive people I've ever met in my life, you can bet your your life that he'll come into that thing ready to roll. Yeah. Ready to roll. Even though he's not coaching quarterbacks per se every and they day. Don't want to, and the quarterbacks can't run. Right. So, so that takes away one of his yeah, weapons. Like, that's one of the things I might actually be able to play because they don't have to run. <laughs> Look, I got, I, the can still throw it, I got the calculator out. Uh, these four quarterbacks have combined for 41,811 passing yards and 329 touchdowns at BYU. Wait a minute. Now I, they're coming back. I got to understand. Onto the better. field. How many, how many passing yards? Tell me that again. Uh, 41,811. 41, 811 divided and by four. Um, no, divided by, or no, times three, sorry. Times three. Tell me again, because we got to know this. 41,000. So the four combined for 41,811. 800. 11 and then three. times three 
is how many feet. So they've thrown for over 125,000 feet divided by 5,280. Yep, that's what I thought. They've thrown for just under 24 miles. <laughs> we got Bill Nye and the science yes, guy right here. Just under 24 miles of passing Can yards. Can you believe that? And then in they produce seasons combined of a 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 11 and 2, 11 and 2, 10 and 3, 11 and 2, 11 and 2, and 12 and 2. So you're saying these guys are winners. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and they're it's, all coming it's, back. It's fun. Um, hey, next week on the show, we're going to spotlight the receivers and tight ends, yeah. which will be really, really fun. Because there's some big names there, yeah. too. Think. And, and I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll make a commitment to you because we know this can happen. Um, as we get into the summer and get going, you know, we, we had all the defensive coaches on already yeah. as we approach spring ball. They're not available during spring ball, obviously, because right. they practice on Tuesdays and, and getting together. But when we get through with that, we'll give you some nice offensive previews. We're going to get Steve Clark in here who covers – uh, who coaches the tight ends. Um, we'll get Fessy in here, who's the passing game coordinator. Aaron and, and coaches the. We'll get Aaron in with us. Right. We've um, had Harvey on, but we'll have well, him back. Well, and, and, and Daryl Funk, the offensive line coach as yeah. well. So we'll get, we'll get him on. We, we actually played against each other in the old days. He played at Colorado State when I was playing at BYU. And, and we got in a conversation. I said, unfortunately, even though I was the backup, you and I were on the field. You were a starter, but we were on the field a lot together because we killed you guys. <laughs> and he just laughed, and he goes, I know, I know. But then he coached with Sonny Lubick for a while when they really got it rolling, nice. when they were a top 15 program. So. It's going to be an awesome summer as we count down to the Big 12. The final practice of spring is April 14th. The season opener is September 2nd against Sam Houston. Of course, the Big 12 opener is September 26th at Kansas and then the following Friday night, Cincinnati's here, General Conference weekend yep. for, for BYU's big drink of the Big 12 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Right. Hey, we wanted to update you on um, free agents yeah. in the NFL that have BYU ties. We thought it appropriate since Kyle Van Noy you know, was on with us last week and did such a phenomenal job, and he would lead that list of, of free agents. Where Kyle even mentioned, I went back and verified it in the numbers because you know me, and he's exactly right. Every defense Kyle Van Noy has joined has been better statistically than the year before he got there. Patriots, Dolphins, Rams, or not Rams, yeah, Chargers. 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 We're all significant. In Los Angeles, right. which is confusing. That's just confused me. All were consistently better on a numbers basis from the year before Kyle got there to when he got there. He just changes the mentality of defenses. And so he, he's, he's a free agent. And we're two days in, and, and it could happen any time. Right. Uh, he, he hasn't signed with he anybody He said he yet. had some irons in the fire, and they were talking, but he couldn't tell us because they were negotiating, so he couldn't tell us on the show last week. But but it'll be fun to watch because Kyle's got he's got some things planned, and it'll be someplace. Jamal Williams is a free agent. Yeah, and, and I've been reading about that, and the Lions think they can keep him, but the Bengals and Bills are interested Wouldn't in Wouldn't you want him right now? I Absolutely. Because he, he, he he's not only produces... But he changes the culture of your yeah. team. I'm excited is, for him to get a big and giant And he connects check. to fans as well. If may, I, I can't think of another player in the National Football League that connects to fans better than Jamal Williams. Period. Yeah. That's yeah. saying a lot. So that you want that guy on your team. So he's going to cash in. We'll see how right. big that is. Sione Takitaki, who had an ACL uh, injury, he's expected to sign a one-year uh, $2.5 million deal to stay with the Browns, according to Cleveland.com, their, their beat um, uh, writer there, Mary Kay Cabot. Um, so likely to be back with the Browns um, coming back from that injury. He, he was great before he yeah, got he hurt. Yeah, he was starting and he was producing a ton. And then and then the last but not least, Daniel Sorensen's a free agent again. And remember, he he was with the Chiefs for a number of years. I um, saw him the other day at starter, uh, Riverside. You know, remember he had that great couple first couple of yeah. years where he was on and off the practice squad. Then he became a starter, and then he got the big money because he signed a four-year, $16 million deal. 
And then free agency came and he ended up with this, with the saints and, and did well. So you know, he's been in the league long enough that, that now he's kind of like Kyle. He's a veteran guy that teams are going to want. So he'll, he'll find some place. He's also a phenomenal special teams player. Yeah. You could put him on any team in the league and he could be the captain of your special teams. And that's a huge value. Right. And then he can play, a, you know, play that strong safety position as well. So, so we're watching the waiver wire. And we'll see where those guys uh, land and Absolutely. for how much. Women's basketball, the season continues Friday night in the WNIT. They'll uh, host Rice. Rice is 22-8. and eight. Friday night, 7, Mountain Time on the BYU TV app. The winner gets the winner of Oregon and North Dakota State. Now, BYU 16-16. and 16. I was surprised they got in. Right. But um, for this team and what Amber Whiting's trying to build in her first year, with so many new faces coming, it's a great chance to give Gustin an opportunity to get more rebounds. Right. And for Falatea to have a big game. And they didn't play well in their last game against Gonzaga down in Vegas, and it allows them to... Yeah. to get that and, out of the system. And then, and then as they go into the Big 12, this recruiting class that you and I have talked about a lot um, that's coming in. The, it's this, like seven players. And it's wildly talented. It's the top yeah. recruiting class BYU women's basketball has ever signed. Right. And so you add those core pieces that, that we've talked about this year, and you add this new influx of talent, maybe some growing pains early, but this is a team I think will compete in the Big 12 and, and on the women's side. No uh, NIT for the men. Their season's over. They go 19-15. and 15. Tough year. Worst uh, worst record in 18 years as far as the losses go. Yeah. And, and they've got there's, – there's portal shopping, roster shuffling, and all that stuff ahead for well, the yeah, men. Yeah, and, and I think that – don't they have one missionary coming back? Um, yeah. The other thing that's going to be a dramatic change is the three freshmen that came back this last year and all came back during the summer. And, you know, Richie played quite a bit, Saunders, and uh, Down Hall played a lot. You watched the massive jump. And, and Toulson, they tried to redshirt, right? So they're redshirted. Yeah. So he comes back as a freshman. But they played year. him a little bit, so I think he burned it. Did he burn it? I, I think in basketball, if you show up, it's you, you over a, unless you get hurt. You get a certain number of games, though, at the beginning, just like football, but but not it, it might be different for basketball because i thought that um, that they said as soon as they go in it's it it's over which is why trev and nell did not play toward but, but the I end think, but here's why though I, we'll have to we'll have, we'll to, we'll have to i thought that there was a couple of games at the beginning of the year and there was a deadline date that you had to not play after as a, a percentage of the season to be able to redshirt in basketball problem for for uh, trevin was he wasn't going to be healthy till the end of the season and once you pass this date unless that rules change but yeah. regardless watch the giant quantum leap these three make from just getting back from missions this summer to trying to play rusty to now having a whole year behind them by the and then some by next like these three are going to be an integral part of BYU's big 12 and then they've got some pieces they've got to add probably through the portal get a couple more bigs get a big wing um but for the most part, they have every everybody back. Um, but there will be some roster additions, and that's a rough league. You see, like the new league. You and I were talking about this on the phone the other night. Um, if you take the new league, yeah. eight NCAA bids, eight NCAA bids. That's and as good as the WCC was this year, two, right? St. Mary's and Gonzaga. So. I'm just reading we'll the redshirt rules. Yeah, what does it say about basketball? Uh, the NCA says a year in which a student athlete does not compete at all against outside competition, and then there's a couple notes that that uh, unless he gets hurt, maybe is that the deal? I don't even know if that even counts, sir. But I know that they're back and forth on that thought. I last I'd yeah. heard what, was, was the reason last... Trevin Nell wasn't even going to play a, a second all, is because he was going to wipe it out. And and I'm trying to think, did Connor play in anything but the exhibitions? Because they don't count. Yes, he did. Did because he get in after were, exhibition? Um, BYU had a couple of guys out, uh, and he was in. He scored 10 points against 
South Dakota or somebody or uh, Westminster. We'll see. But some, even so, yeah, if, these he young comes guys, back these as young guys three are going to be so much better. And then I hope they get some big help so Foos can play more of the four instead of the five. And yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see some roster changes with that. Um, but before we get there's one sport I have to re- tell you guys about because it's a big deal because I went. <laughs> Brendan and I went to the tennis match against Utah the other day. And they swept them, right? Yeah, and here's why it's a big deal. Utah's been a nationally ranked program in the Pac-12. BYU has not beaten Utah in 12 years. And really? they didn't just beat them. They swept them. Smacked them around. They, and they, once you get to four, because it's a four of seven lines, once you get to four, um, they, you just stop playing. But the other three matches that were going at the time that they got to the four, one was even and two were significantly like BYU had a very good chance if they played all seven lines to win all seven to go seven and oh that's awesome and so it was to watch the the girls celebrate and and Holly the coach Tom Homo was there was pretty cool because that's been a long time coming it's a very talented young tennis team so there's a you know, it's, cool. it's always noteworthy to talk about when BYU beats Utah, but Utah's been a very good program, and for BYU to beat them after 12 years was a huge deal. Utah's here for baseball today, and they are here for softball tomorrow, weather permitting, especially tomorrow. It doesn't look like a great day. Right. Before we bring our guests in, let's go, uh, and we'll update you on other stuff on campus here later. Uh, let's go to our final four selections because the, the tournament starts tomorrow night, or it starts tonight with the first four. Right. really gets going Thursday when everyone accepted as as the big dance starting. But um, the games actually begin tonight. So we've got our final four, and then we'll just chart it through the month. Okay. Uh, and, and both of us are big uh, Big 12 fans here. I, like, I, I texted you. I said, I'm giving you my final four, but I'm kind of being a Big 12 homer. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Because when it comes to the tournament. They're the best team in the li- a conference in the country. I've, some years I put all the research in on the analytics and all of that. And I pick mine, and then somebody that, that picked the teams by their colors wins. So yeah. I'm just like, forget that. I'm going to be a homer this year. Okay. So here's my final four. Um, Baylor in the south. Okay. Purdue in the east. So I'm giving the Big Ten a little love. Houston um, is, is going to be the Midwest. They're the number one seed there. And and I've, I've got Kansas um, taking the west. Who do so, you have winning? So I, I think... The winner's going to come out of the the Midwest West. I think it's either going to be Kansas or Houston. So I think the winner of that national semifinal wins the whole thing. Um, And that's going to be a big-time matchup because Houston's got to have a chip on their shoulder where they're coming into the new league. Kansas is the king, and I think the king and the newcomer meet. But who wins that game? um, I think Houston's going to win. Houston, okay. Yep. And and Houston's a one seed. Kansas is a one seed, right? Yeah. Um, Baylor, I pick, is a three seed. Um, and, and then Purdue is, is, is also one seed. So I have three one seeds advancing. Keep in mind, there haven't been any two seeds in the final four in like the last six years. That is weird. That's why I was looking at some twos saying, where's going to be my two? And I read that stat. And I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to a three. And, and then Baylor was sitting right there at the three. And I'm like, yes, Baylor. They have experience in playing in big games. So I'm going Alabama, Kansas State, Houston, and Kansas with Kansas winning. So you got Alabama's a one. Yeah. And I hate you hate just march ones through, but it's all about matchups. And you look at the matchup and go, in that game, can yeah. that per- is that team better than Alabama? Yeah. That, that doesn't mean they won't beat them. So in but can- I don't think they will. Kansas State, um, that you have they've been playing pretty good. So you avoided the two seed too. You took a three. Yeah. So Kansas State's a three, and then and then you have so you have three, three one seeds and a three. Yeah, and I hate having all ones because it's not I, all that exciting. I did the same. I have three one seeds and a, and a three. And I don't know if Kansas is the best team. It's just in the matchups, you're like, uh, 
that team's not beating Kansas. Right. And then all right. of a sudden you have them as the champions. Yep. Yep. So, but uh, Kansas and Houston or so, uh, Kansas so there State, you go. Alabama. I got, I got Houston. If that's not the homer bracket of all homer brackets, <laughs> I got Houston, who, like BYU, is a newcomer in the Big 12, and then two other Big 12 teams. And I did I did throw the Big 10 because I think it's a – I think you win that league like Purdue. They got you're, a you're, giant You're, you're pretty – you know, tested. I, I feel like Purdue has a chance to advance the Final Four too. So. Forty-two years ago today, BYU beat UCLA seventy-eight to fifty-five. Danny Ainge had thirty-seven points. He was fourteen of twenty-two from the field, nine of ten from the free throw line. This advanced yep. them to play and beat Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, in the Sweet Sixteen to go to the Elite Eight. Forty-two years ago today, I remember it was a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I had my parents made me go to a Scout Jamboree. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it, but then I got home in time for like the second half, and Danny Ains just put on oh. a show. It was fun to have Danny on this show to reminisce through some of that stuff. While well, you're bringing these guys yeah, out, let's bring I'm going to run down okay. grab something. Guys, come on in. Let me introduce our guests today. They are two key figures in the development of BYU TV sports. Going back way before there was a BYU TV. Michael Miners, the former senior coordinating producer, and Russ Merrill is the former supervising director. But both are so much more, and they made great decisions by hiring Blaine and myself over three decades ago and then kept hiring us, which we appreciated. (laughs) Now you guys are both retired from this game and on to other things. David Phillips is going to join us in a little bit, a guy who's currently uh, sitting where the the two of you sat for so long. First of all, welcome to the Wise Guys. Blaine will be be back in a sec. Good to have you here. Thanks. I heard the rumble of your engine coming in. Yeah, that's Camaro. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, oh, that's right. Black Camaro sitting out there in the driveway. Yeah, we got we got Amazing. some fast cars on, on our uh, secret location here in Provo. DJ was going to turn your mics on, and, and we'll get fired up. But but Michael brought in the what's what's the coolest? Because Michael's had some cool cars, right? What's yeah. the coolest car you've ever owned? This is the coolest car. This Camaro that you oh, got, fastest. Oh yeah. What about and, other? And oh. I made the mistake of renting one when we were on a road trip. To Southern yeah, California, yeah, yeah. and uh, we were down there for a fan fest. I think at uh, where was it? Down in San Diego, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. We had and to drive from L.A. to San Diego. I got, a, I got a Camaro, and I said, "I got to have okay, one." Okay, you got to have one, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the, that, so we went looking for cars, and I just said, "I'm going to buy a really inexpensive, like whatever, a Volkswagen Passat." Dave's always like, "Get, get you know," and and we go Might in there. Get the and, my, and, and I keep saying to my friend um, Colby Sanders, who. Uh, does is the sales manager for all the Brent Brown dealerships. He, I was like, but what's that right there? Like there's a blacked out SUV. And he says, Oh, that's the new Explorer ST. It's supercharged twin turbo 400 plus horse. He goes, that's the one we sell to the state police. Nice. I was like, Oh, uh, I go, Oh, he goes, let's open up the doors here. Take this out of the showroom, go drive this. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm looking for like a really chill sedan. He pulls the thing out. I go to pull on the highway, and I go, the turbo kicks on. I'm like, and I'm like, I have to have this car. <laughs> I was not shopping for a big, powerful SUV, and now I'm driving a big, powerful, all blacked out SUV. But what I like is when I'm coming up behind people, they all seem to they think I'm a cop, so they pull oh, yeah. over. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah sometimes tap make, their sometimes I make Brenda hang her head out the window and like do a siren sound. <laughs> and that really works. See you on the road. That really works. So. We have been uh, in this setting uh, of the four of us together how for like miles? a thousand meals. How many miles? Have I don't know how many states. How many hours on the air? So we just said that, we just said that the quarterbacks playing in the spring game have done twenty four miles worth of throws. We've done hundreds, hundreds of thousands of miles, maybe a million miles together covering sports in the last thirty years. Yeah, I, I mean, you were talking about I think in the tees about. Uh, Ty Detmer winning the Heisman right. Trophy, and I remember that trip. We were in Hawaii, 
and we came back on the way to a road trip for basketball. I think it was LaSalle in, uh, in, was it Philly? in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So we, we literally traveled yeah, from Hawaii trip to Philadelphia. From Hawaii back to that was quite the trip. Talk about jet lag. Here's what, here's what I remember uh, from our trips, and then, and then I've got some questions for you. Uh, so I'd fly in typically from wherever, and so let's say it's Colorado Springs. Let's say it's an Air Force game. And then you guys would pick me up in some kind of big car. Oh, yeah. Not the little tomato cans they like us to use <laughs> oh. now. And then, and then I'd get in the back, and there'd be some form of, uh, of adult rock that I'd never heard of before. And I actually like classic rock, but this was next-level stuff. The bass would be pounding. Uh, I, it was loud enough where I really couldn't hear anything. I probably had a headache from the flight, and we were going to the Black Eyed Pea to eat for some reason. And it just seemed to happen. Over, it, was a, it was a reoccurring experience over and over and over. Well, you didn't like it. And I still haven't heard that music since. Name, I don't know you? where you found it. <laughs> but I just remember I was getting in the back with two classic rockers. Well, oh, and, then, and then there would always be, like, we would, we would be in the car, and, and these guys would say, oh, by the way, um, we'll do a production meeting, but tonight we're going to this. We're going to, so tonight we're going to the Van Halen concert. We got, we got tickets in the Blaisdell. Remember the old Blaisdell? Yep. We got tickets to Van Halen tonight. So <laughs> we're going to this concert. We're going to that. And, and that was life on the road with you guys. So what well, in the eighties, when the music was good, BYU's broadcasting was really just getting started and both of you were involved. And so here we sit in 2023. How did we get here? What happened in the 80s that allowed us to, to, to be a global outlet here in 2023? That goes back to the blue and white, right? Yeah, there was, there was an opportunity. Um, because BYU has a, a global audience, yeah. and that's a unique thing for BYU, um, there was a need because at that time, if you lived outside of Utah and you wanted to watch BYU, you went to a, a, you went to a stake center in the cultural hall yeah. and you hoped that whoever ran was assigned to that building was the, able was to pull in the C-band satellite. The Cougar Club Satellite Network, right? That's right. That what it was called? Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and I still have people today talking about the glory years of when they did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, the problem was it was it was cold. It was uncomfortable. A lot of times they weren't able to pull in that C-band satellite. Yeah. So yeah. you had a really bad reception. And so... At some point, the people at KBYU-TV said, and it was, it was Tom Griffiths. Mel Rogers. Mel Rogers, Rogers. Right. Said, right. you know, there's an opportunity for her here for us to put together something that really doesn't exist anywhere in the country, an mm -hmm. unwired, as we call unwired or, or syndication sports network. And we'd like it, we'd like you guys to run. Yeah, I remember I was I was on a golf course in Washington State on vacation, and I got a call from Mel Rogers, and he said, "How soon can you get back here? Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to put together this this college sports network, and we need you to run it." So, uh, talk about drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I, you know, I I've been producing sports with you guys for you know four or five years maybe, and uh, and now we're going to run a national sports network. And uh, like I said, and remember who you brought on parents. to help run that network. Remember who you brought on? Who? Holly Rowe. Holly Rowe. Holly Rowe. That's remember right. Holly Rowe? Everybody Name knows Holly Rowe. Yeah. She yeah. was my gal Friday. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, I remember going down. So we had to call, you know, just to, to catch up on what we had to do. We had to literally cold call. I had to literally cold call stations all around the country and say, hey, do you want to run some, some BYU football games? 
And a lot of them at that point were going, yeah, we need programming. Why not? And and it was a, on a barter basis. So they got half the spot inventory. Right. And we kept the other half of the spot inventory. And that meant when we had to go out and sell. But what that meant is after we got, and we ended up with 35 stations around the country. For the Blue and White Network, right? Yeah. Network. And we also did... Air Force games Force because games. the networks would sometimes take BYU yeah, games right. and, and you had to give the affiliates a number of games, right? That's right. Yeah, they, they and Air Force was blue and white, week. so it fit right. in. That's so why we, we call yeah. yeah. we're like, let's call blue and white because we'll, we'll we'll be the primary outlet for Air Force. We'll be and we were we would all trade and like sometimes you would be over doing an Air Force game, I would be here doing a BYU game and vice versa. And right. we work with Tom Kirkland and Craig Bowlerjack and Holly Rowe and. Um, Charlene Wells at the time, so it would be Charlene Wells. Hawks, our former Miss America and ESPN hosts. She and Chris Fowler originated Scholastic Sports America yep. back in the old days. So we had a lot of fun, talented people. That Craig Bullajack, can we bring Craig Bullajack yeah, on? Yeah, we brought time? Craig on. Yeah, Craig was Craig he was, was on. part of it, and that was that was part of the process. Is at the time KSL was, was part of the flagship. Right. Airing, was the flagship yeah, station. Flagship. Well, they weren't even the flagship. They were the rights holder yeah. for BYU football and basketball. And the headache for us became we had to do a separate, what we call split broadcast. So we had two booths for every home football game where we had uh, an announced team that was calling in one booth that was going out to the national audience. And then KSL was broadcasting to the Utah audience. And at some point we said, this is too much of a headache because we're literally in the truck having to babysit two broadcasts at the same time. So we went up to KSL and said, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. Why don't you guys just become the flagship of the Blue and White Sports Network? And that's how we were able to... Yeah, that's when we started to cross over and yeah. work with Craig and work with Tom and those guys. You guys were also pioneers in live streaming, um, but but you were talking about it way before anyone even knew. I remember you what, saying, what it's it all was. going live stream, and I didn't even know what live stream was. I'm like, what are you talking and, about? And, and now it's just like... A way of life yeah. like hey look at the pac 12 is talking about their primary rights holder being a streaming service yeah. so where did that idea even and how did you even know that that's where it was going because there's a component of live streaming and everything even byu tv now even though it's on almost every every cable system in the united 65 million homes it's also available live streaming anywhere in the world and we get emails and, from, and right here on our phones it allows yeah. us to watch, yeah, you can watch the baseball the, game what was the brainchild behind that how did you even think of that idea I think a lot of it was us keeping our finger on the pulse of, of what was happening technology-wise and industry-wise. I mean, we were very involved in industry uh, meetings, industry conferences, those type of things. So, uh, you know, as you're, as you're trying to look at what's coming down the pike, and, and Russ and I would both do this, we'd, we'd really look at what's the next technology that's coming down the road. And it came pretty evident that what's called over-the-top or linear broadcasting to traditional networks and channels around the country was going to be overrun eventually by streaming. And, you know, you know how it is right now. I, I, don't watch, I don't watch traditional television very much at all. The only thing I watch it for is live sports. Yeah. You know, everything else I'm going to watch on a streaming service. Right. Well, and we had the tools. We had the facilities. We had the ability to put all that together. Now, how many universities that are out there have the facilities that we have here? I mean, None. even ESPN, when they come in to do a game with us, they're saying, hey, do you guys have a room for another person here? This is great. Yeah. You've got some of the best facilities and cameras. And at, at the time, the truck that we were working out of and it upgraded to a, another truck was the most state-of-the-art yeah. production truck 
in the Western United States. Always and included was. any network. Yeah, that opened up so always many doors ABC, for ABC, CBS, NBC. And I would always say, because we all, this thing kind of ran its course when BYU went in, um, and, and we all kind of went other places. Michael, you went to ESPN, and you were over in Hawaii teaching. Yep. Surfing. Dave, yep. Dave, yep. Surfing, mostly. <laughs> Dave, Dave was down at KLAS, and he was the voice of the Rebels, and he and I were doing the UNLV package yep. together once in a while. I'd gone down to the, I was at the Mountain Network, and then with Versus and with NBC covering the Mountain West Conference. We'd all gone to our different things, and then BYU says, hey, we're, we're going independent. We need to get the band back together. Yeah. Right. And, and and then they talked to, to Dave and I and they talked to you guys. And I think we all said the same thing. Dave and I were like, if Michael and Russ aren't going to be back here, we're not interested. in We this. have to we're, get the best guys we're back. Used to, we were used to a production quality that was network quality. And where we had been, it's like, we're not coming back to take a big, huge step down from a production perspective. Are you guys going to get Russ and Mike? And they're like, Michael, and they're like, yeah, that, they're, they're coming too. And guess what? They said you need to go get Blaine and Dave. <laughs> That's right. And so, so, so we all came. And, and credit Derek Marquis for yeah, being willing to, to get everyone back. And he had to, he had to get you from ESPN. He had to go to Hawaii had, and convince you. He had to come you. to Hawaii and get me. And he came to Vegas he to did. get me and he got with I, you. I still had a contract left on my NBC contract. And he's like, well, can't we work that out? I'm like, I think I can get it. So I got NBC to rewrite my contract so that I could do BYU TV games. And I had a dual contract mm -hmm. going during that time. And, and everybody was really understanding. So we were able to do it. And you left ESPN. You were, the last job you had at ESPN, were you not the coordinating producer of Primetime Sports Center? Is that what yeah. you were doing? Yeah, All right. Before we talk about any more BYU stuff, to the person who thinks that being a sports producer at ESPN would be the ultimate experience in human existence, what was that like? It was a huge grind. I mean, you're, you're there 12 hours a day, usually seven days a week. So the funness left a lot early? No, I mean... Or did it stick around? When I first got there, there was a honeymoon period, and yeah. it was way cool. You know, you're, you're dealing with all of the, the top sports personalities that you see. You know, Scott Van Pelt... Um, all of them. Yeah, because primetime was, it's it's Scott, Scotty Van Pelt, and it was... And it was uh, Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick, and Dan Patrick I could work oh, and, even, and, and even Chris Berman at that time. Chris Berman, yeah. Bob Lee. Yeah. Bob like, Lee was my anchor on the sports center that I oversaw for a long time. It was the, it was the Sunday morning sports center. It, would, it had the highest rating of any sports center because you're leading into NFL countdown. Right. Um, but it was, it was way cool. But, it, you know, the... After two or three years, you realize you're working with the same people in the same room every Eating the day, same food. doing the same thing. Yeah. The celebrity aspect of it starts to wear off a little bit, and you just realize, you know, I'm working my, my tail off here. Um, it's very cool, but it's, it's very insulated. Yeah. You know, I, I really missed being out and being connected to the live events like we used to do with the Blue and White Network and eventually Sports West. Um, so it was... You know, I'll never forget, I, I walked into the newsroom one day at ESPN, and there's Derek Marquis standing there, and he's on a tour. <laughs> and I go, what in the world are you doing here? Because we, you know, had a, a, we're very familiar from back in the KBYU days, yeah. when he was a salesman. And uh, he said, I, we're here putting together a network at BYU TV, and uh, we're looking how ESPN does it. And we went out to dinner that night, and he goes, what would it take to get you to come back yeah. to BYU TV? And at that point, um, I said, uh, I don't know that, you know, you could afford me yeah. you know, for one well, that thing. That was right. the same thing I said. Yeah. And yeah, that's what Dave and I said, too. And then we all settled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, did. We, all, <laughs> we all settled. Yeah. Because to be back together, 
And to and to know that even though maybe you take a cut and pay from ESPN or NBC or KLAS or or over with with the um, teaching and, and all that, even though it might have been a little less money, the vision that we all had for what it could be and to be able to work together and build something from scratch was really intriguing for all of us, I think. Right? That's what we wanted to do. We actually ended up doing what we wanted to do. How many people can say that? And and look what we've done. And, and there's been a giant support cast and there's there's so many other people involved and we don't want to, it's not just the big four here, but but look what we've done since you got back and since you came back, since we came back. We, we got through independence in a crazy Mm-hmm. deal with ESPN where we got our one or two games a year but then we started pregame shows and we That's started in football but we got after good, for the review in basketball we had a good stable post game shows year, a lot right? of basketball games uh now they do coaches shows and just about everything but you'd think about when when we came back and when Derek was saying here's what we want to do there was just a sports magazine show left which was true blue I think it was still called yep. which mm-hmm. I'd done years ago and and, and now, uh, here in 2023, where BYU is going to the Big 12, just what BYU Broadcasting has done for the sports fan, which is the driver of all programming, as, how, as, I, as I look at it, uh, it's been a remarkable thing, hasn't it? It's unprecedented. It really is. And, and you know, we have to go back and, and mention the fact that, you know, all of us coming from where we had graduated to UNBC, UKLS, you over in Hawaii with the resources they had there, but you know me coming from ESPN, where you you're at the pinnacle, uh, and you can't go any farther yeah. than ESPN. And so I was used to dealing with resources and facilities that were unpre- you know unparalleled. And so that was one of the things I kind of drug my feet about coming back to BYU TV. But when I saw that new building and the facilities that they created there, I said, "This is exactly yes. what we had at ESPN." So their trips out there to replicate what ESPN had was fruitful. It, I mean, it was every all the all the production control rooms, the truck that they had at the time. It just blew my mind. I think you oh, too. Hats off to our administration yeah. for having that happen. And I have to say, and it's amazing. They, they've stayed ahead of the curve with all the technology because you guys have demanded it. But um, so I remember. Uh, when I first I started to host the um, Atlantic Ten tournament show, and see, and AB and NBC Sports built a brand new studio. We used to work out of Rockefeller Center, and then they moved it to connect. And they said this is the finest sports production facility in the world now, right? So I go back there the first year that it's open, and some of the guys said, "How, how does this compare to what you've done before?" And I remember saying, "This is the best." Other than um, BYU TVs are the same; they're not quite as big. Like we don't have. 10 studios, but we've got three major, but I said, but in terms of what they can do, um, BYU TVs is as good as this. And theirs was brand new. I don't know how many millions, yeah. if not a billion dollars, they spent to build that thing. And BYU's facility, because of what you guys demanded and what BYU was will, and others were willing to put into this, um, it, it was state of the art. We could do a way better game than ESPN2 or you or... Um, what we use twenty three cameras for our oh, football yeah. game at least in uh, yeah. in November twenty three cameras yeah. whatever we want football shows yeah, yeah. I mean to, for us to be able to schematic a show that was I mean ESPN would come in here and do shows with us on a side by side when we first started Share cameras this. Yeah. yeah yeah and they're going they were just every single producer that came in from ESPN was just blown away with what we had and then it, then it became hey can we share yeah <laughs> can we just have? use okay. your stuff okay. yeah. so we we'll leave some guys back shows, east all these shows that you talk about so you know sports nation which is a daily show was michael's brainchild and and after further review and like russ just retired he's been 
producing and and putting everything together for after further. We were hoping I'm still coming to terms with that. Yeah, we're yeah, still trying I'm to figure out how we can bring him back on <laughs> to, to do that show with us, a weekly show that that we do every. Like it's just been all of these things that we've wanted to do in terms of studio shows. Um, University's been willing to support at the level that makes that network quality, which has been really fun. And, and the development of the app, which allows us to stream, mm -hmm. going back to streaming, everything we do, um, which 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 now we are going, and we'll talk to David Phillips about it in a few minutes, but we're now going to the Big 12, where everything BYU TV Sports has done live game-wise, with the exception of men's volleyball, is going to go to Big 12 now and streamed. So you're right. Everything is going streaming. Uh, and you talked about it a long time ago. And BYU TV was prepared for it long before any of the affiliates in, in the state of Utah. I can tell you that much. Um, and, and that's to the to the credit of you guys and, and to, to those who backed you and, and, and uh, the administrators and all that stuff. But what was the crown jewel moment? Think about from where we are over the last, from where you guys started. And you started in the late 70s at BYU. Prior to BYU beating Texas A&M on KBYU, which was the first live game ever on Channel 11, now BYU TV, uh, what was the crown jewel moment? Oh, there's so so many uh, that I can think of. But give me 20 cameras, give me 10 slow-mo machines, give me a, a graphics department, give me an audio department, give me a couple of good talent yeah. announcers. We're still looking and, for those. Uh, yeah, yeah we're still looking they for tried. those. They tried. And we'll bring you a game any, from anywhere at any time. You know, so, so you're saying your greatest moment was our last moment? It's, you know, it could have been. It could have been. There's so many great moments over the years. I just, the thing that I always had, had a goal to do as a director was to walk away from a broadcast with a good feeling yeah. of knowing that we had done our best job, no matter what it was on the air. We had to be invisible, essentially, to the audience. Because we wanted people talking about the athletes and the performers, not about, oh, man, those guys, they missed a shot. They missed a play. And so that was always important to us. We'd spend some time over in Denver and, and relationships. Building relationships with our crews was really important to us yeah. for some golden moments. And uh, the Denver crews were always telling us, hey, you know what? If we had a, cho a choice to work with either the golden, the Nuggets or with you guys, we'd, we'd rather work with you guys. Wow. And the only network that is that that tried to get up to the – size we were was it was the Longhorn Network but frankly Longhorn Network's not close they, to what they were the struggle they were an ESPN entity and pay-per-view yeah and I, I remember a lot of people that I worked with at ESPN going and migrating to that network and then interacting with those people as they got settled there and they're just they were up in arms about how they weren't getting supported by the University of Texas and Eventually, even the mothership ESPN was kind of treating them like a lost stepchild. So yeah. we were really fortunate with BYU TV. But you, you asked about the crown right. moment. What was I, yours? I think what Russ said is is absolutely valid. There's a there's a saying in sports broadcasting, and well, in broadcasting in general, you're only as good as your last show. You know, and one one of the things I'm really proud of is the fact that we were trusted by outside entities like the WCC. Right. To, and you guys just got through with we that. We just finished calling yeah. the WCC yeah, tournament, which you, which you negotiated yeah. way back at the beginning. The year before BYU came in the yeah. WCC, we did that tournament. Yeah. And not only not only the live games from that tournament, but we did 25 live shows. We did BYU Sports Nation there on site. You know, we, we did all of those shows live. And I think to accomplish that, not only one year, but two years, three years, four years, six, seven years running, and have a conference like the WCC trust 
us to come in and and manage that, you know, and take over not only BYU games but games that had nothing to do with BYU. Yeah, um, I heard you. I think in this last tournament talking about when we first got there and just walking around in the hotel and people giving us dirty looks. Yeah, the Gonzaga fans. We were BYU. <laughs> Who are you guys? The Zags learned and to remember, love us. remember, we got there a year before BYU got there, yeah. right? Because we yeah. went down there as a gift, so yeah. we'll do your tournament. So they actually had no idea who we were. Yeah, unless. Right. And then, we, and then we walked in. Then they were treating us like kings our last year. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. they loved us. Great partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And we're hopeful that something like that can work out with the Big 12 at some point. You know, as, as things move on, we can talk to Junior about it. I'm interested. Like, we all have crazy, fun memories. What's Do you do both of you have a favorite event that we did that just stands out in your mind? We're like, oh, my gosh, that was so fun or that was so awesome during all those years. That's a lot to ask. Maybe one or two even. Um because over 30-plus years, we've been all been involved in some crazy, amazing moments. What, what, what's yours, Michael? Do, do you have one? Well, I, you know, I think you, you touched on it earlier. I'm, I'm for CBS Sports to trust us with the broadcast, live broadcast of the Heisman Trophy yeah. winner and then to have that be Ty Detmer over in Hawaii and, and have us be really responsible for that whole feed um, that was that was certainly a feather in my cap and our cap. Um, you know that was obviously something that I, you know, highlighted in my resume. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's cumulative. Again, it's for us to do what we've done for 35, 40 years, and have the support, and have the infrastructure, and then, you know, the, I think the crown jewel for me really is getting the students up to speed to do network quality broadcast because when I first got here from ESPN that was a struggle I remember the first thing that I did when I got here was the first independence media day and we 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 structured it and had it all ready to go and then I'm standing in the control room I think this was before you even got here and I'm standing in the control room and I'm I'm used to this speed at ESPN and everybody there is an all-star at their position I mean you're dealing with all-stars during yeah. position so when I first got there that first media day and I'm looking around in the control room and I'm seeing deer in headlights. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, from, from the students. And that was really a uh, come-to-religion moment for those students because I remember sitting down with them afterwards and going, look, Derek Marquis and the administration, including Kevin Worthen, who was you know, vice president right. at the time, has given me the mandate to take, you know, put my foot on the gas and don't take it off. And so that's what we're going to do. And if, if you're willing to come along for that ride and buckle up for that ride, and it's going to be a lot faster than you're used to it being, let's go. But if you're not ready for that, it's probably time to, to climb off. And some of us took, up, took yeah, us up. A lot of stress. And, yeah. and to that point, so BYU's broadcasting program, because of this, especially sports broadcasting, I mean, when people think of great schools, they think of Syracuse, right, which gives people great experience, and they have a lot of air on air. Outside of Syracuse, I'm convinced there's no place – um, in the country that can provide their students with the experience that they get because we're asking to be pros while they're still amateurs. Absolutely. And then they get to go be a pro, but on their resume and on their tape, they, they literally can say, yeah, I've been in school. So technically I'm an amateur, but like I have a pro portfolio. Like I'm a professional at this. I've been doing this. And I think BYU probably, we have so many people and we could make a list of folks that have gone on and not just on air talent, but but all the behind-the-scenes roles all over the country at multiple networks that have come through this program. Let's bring in one of our one of our guys, uh, 
at Michael Miner and Russ Merrill, former BYU TV. We'll call you pioneers, even though you're too young for that. But these are two of the most influential people that have ever worked in the development of BYU TV sports, bar none. They're with us. And David Phillips is now in charge of BYU TV sports in our new brand new building and joins us. Is that, is that a giant's hat? Is that what we, even though it's red or what is that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it was the father's day edition last year. (laughs) Or sorry, it was the 4th of July. And so it has the USA flag in there. Oh, nice. nice. It was, uh, it was unique and different. So I thought, you know what, 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 what shirt do you have on? Let's do a Giants. whole wardrobe. So you're, you're, you're There's, like, he's ready for hey, opening he's day. Coordinated. David, like I, I didn't know that you were a fashion icon, but I'm glad to see this. He's, he's a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, junior, and, and everyone calls him Junior because there's a lot of Davids in his life. But um, yes. uh, how valuable were these two guys we're talking with today, Michael and Russ, and what you have now inherited and in building on? You know, BYU fans would not have what we have without these two. It's unbelievable what they were able to accomplish coming in there. Um, I mean, Michael came in with a completely blank slate. I think at the time in the Mountain West, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, there were maybe two to three games a year that would be broadcast. Um, and now we're up to about 135 a year. And and so Michael brought Russ with, and both of them, with an unbelievable wealth of experience and knowledge and extremely talented in the business, knew how to do it and were able to take basically people with zero experience in this industry and build them up to some of the most talented producers, directors that we have in the business. Um, I, I can say everyone who sees, you know, games on BYU TV, we have a lot of people that'll reach out and say, Hey, I love it when BYU TV does a game they do it right and they put a lot of effort into it and a lot of that goes back to michael and russ and for what they did of laying the foundation and teaching people um how to do the job how to do it right um and we and made a so phone too. without these phone. two byu tv wouldn't be the best that it is hey dave when you when you mentioned that and i'm looking at russ and michael uh, we were talking about kind of seminal moments and and michael just mentioned the heisman trophy ceremony what you just said made me think of a moment, a whole game moment. We did the Baylor-BYU basketball game right. in the Marriott Center on BYU TV. On a Saturday morning and, at 11 and, o'clock. And, and Baylor, as they always are, was a highly ranked top 10 program. And BYU at that time was also really good and ranked. And people down in in uh, um, in Texas and Waco, I think were thinking, oh, brother, BYU TV? This is, this is how we get to watch this? Oh, we're... We're so used to the Longhorn Network and the unbelievable bias, poor coverage. It's going to be two halves of Mormon doctrine. I'm not saying that Texas is, but this is what they were saying. It's like, this is going to be terrible. The number of emails and texts and that came from that fan base back after that game saying, my goodness. And then out on the, like Texas Longhorn Network needs to learn something. This, this game was like network quality, the call was down the line, like unbalanced or balanced. But I remember all three of you emphasizing with us, because this is what we wanted to do anyhow, Dave and I on the air, that we're going to do this like a network broadcast. We don't want a Homer broadcast for BYU. And some BYU fans may not love that, but we want this to be right down the middle. You pay as much attention to the other team and learn everything about them as you do about BYU. And even though this is a home game for BYU, this needs to be a network broadcasting and, and it needs to be called fair. 
don't you think that that's maybe because that's the reputation we get to do a WCC tournament and do teams and 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 does that not pave the way? Uh, especially question for you, David, for for maybe getting more and more involved as the years go on with the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, I mean definitely, our reputation definitely precedes us. Um, going in there, it's it's fun to talk with uh, different representatives from the Big Twelve conference when they talk about and what they see um, as we were starting and kind of opening the door of kind of where our role will be in in the new Big Twelve. We invited everyone of them to watch as we did the game um, this year against Utah Tech and said, hey, here's an opportunity for you to see how we do it. This is this is the game, and it was a great broadcast. I got a lot of people reaching out telling us that, like how fair it was down the middle, but just a great network-quality broadcast, and that's that's what we want. That's, what we, that's who we want to be, and that's who we are. One great, so that's what's exciting. One great visual we had. Remember, we did countdown to kickoff, and then with Jeff Simpson and his vision for it, and and David Phillips. This year, we went next level with game day, moved it out of the stadium, put the rock behind us, and then here comes the commissioner of the Big Twelve for the Baylor game, sitting down with all of us, with Brian Logan, David Nixon, and the two of us, uh, and Spencer Linton, and uh, and that visual of of this league that BYU is about to join to have the commissioner there surrounded by the awesomeness of what BYU TV does. Uh, and he just looked around and he just said, wow, I mean, what a junior, you couldn't ask for a better moment as we're trying to convince this new commissioner that, Hey, we can do some stuff. Yeah, it was great. He walks off and he looks at us and he said, you guys do this every week. <laughs> He said, "Yes, yes, we do. Uh, this isn't this isn't just because it's opening, you know, home game and it's Baylor against right? and, and Baylor. This is this is every week. You saw that same atmosphere when Utah Tech came to town. Doesn't matter who. And so they were they were very impressed. And he he said, this is a Big Twelve atmosphere and this is Big Twelve production. So we're we're really excited about that. Um, we're excited about where we can go." With this, so yeah, it's a great opportunity. You know, in addition to, to Commissioner Yormark that was on set with us that day, we also had Baylor's president and Baylor's athletic director, and and you guys sent a crew down to Baylor to do a feature story on Baylor's campus and that university. And I know the president came on and she watched that and she it just blew her away. She was just like, like why would you do like, that? Why why are you guys doing that? And we said, well, that's what we do. Like if you're going to be on our air, we're going to tell your whole side of it. And she goes. This is going to be good. After she said, I think Baylor and BYU can be really good partners in this league, is what she said, which I thought as was As long great. as you guys that keep saying nice stuff about us, yeah. we're all in. Yeah, I think this could be a good partnership. So what, what do you see happening, David, with BYU TV and the Big 12? Um, you know, we talked about some of these shows. Um, we know there's not a contract in place to do their tournament like we did the WCC. But, but what are the possibilities as time goes on in this league? I, I think that we will be involved in different championships. I think, obviously, I mean, hands down, Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country. And so ESPN is going to gobble that whole thing up because I can't think of a bad game in that tournament. You know, there isn't a team, there isn't a bad a bad game, a bad team. But I think every other sport, we've proved that we are probably the best entity that does volleyball. You know, we're very good right. at soccer. We're very good at some of these other sports, Gymnastics. baseball and softball. 
And, and so I, I feel like we're going to get an opportunity to, to broadcast these tournaments for the Big 12 and to be able to, a lot of it will be showcased on ESPN or ESPN2, ESPNU, or ESPN+. Plus. But we'll kind of be the backbone behind that doing the production. So I think that we've, we've proved that we can do that, that that's who we are and that we're a great, you know, we're very good at broadcasting. So it sounds to me we will be as busy as we've ever been. We might be in different places, but all of our outside, our side programming, like kickoff shows and AFRs, whatever, brings everyone back to, to BYU TV sports. Michael? I, I was just going to add to and validate what, what Junior is talking about, especially with, with volleyball. Um, volleyball is the one sport that's going to fall outside the contract, the TV contract, as I understand. Mm-hmm. But several years ago, uh, when we first were doing this kind of mid my, my latest tenure here with BYU TV, I was invited to go out to Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, to meet with the NCAA. And there was a volleyball summit with all the major networks where they're represented. And we walked into the meeting, the first meeting of that conference. It was a two-day conference. And the guy who was with the NCAA that was coordinating and, and, and hosting the meeting said, let's just get this out of the way right from the get-go. Nobody does college volleyball, televises college volleyball better than BYU TV. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> and all of the major networks go, yeah, that's right. It's true. That's right. It's that's true. Right. It is true. <laughs> that's awesome. It is true. Um Michael, what advice do you have for Junior moving forward with this uh, this uh, this thing that the two of you helped get to here, and now we get to go next level as a P5 in markets where BYU TV is already in their homes, but the people in the homes don't know what channel it is yet, and sometimes sports can help take people there. Say, hey, Kansas State is playing BYU. I can learn about BYU. I, we get that channel? It's channel 250, and once they go there, they now know for the rest of their life that, that they are there. Uh, I, I, I can't give Junior a lot of, of advice because he's been with us from, yeah. from the beginning when I got here. Junior was uh, one of the people in charge of our graphics department when we got here, and that was one of the things we really had to ramp up quickly you know, to get it network quality. Uh, that was, In fact, that was the one thing I think I pointed at first when I got here and said, we've got to in, in, improve the graphic look and branding of this network, and Junior was instrumental in making that happen. But he's also been here long enough to realize that there is a challenge, and the new challenge is going to be interfacing with a conference, which we haven't had to do right? You know, since the Mountain West Since Independence, right. Yeah, all the time that we've been doing this and, and the flexibility that we had was somewhat made possible by the freedom of independence. And now you're going to be structured in a conference, and they're going to be joined at the hip with BYU TV. I think I think the, the added value you still bring to the table is your shoulder programming. You know, the BYU Sports Nation, everything yeah. that after review, after further review, BYU Sports yeah. Nation, All the coaches that. shows, the yeah. alumni games, the um, you know even even the the post game show, you yeah. know. Pre-game, post-game. Can all Nobody's be, doing that. Yeah. Right. No other network, college network around the country is doing a national pre-game show, a national post-game show, you know, where you're able to hear the coaches and players directly live right after the game. And I, I think that's the value, and, and Junior knows that. He, yeah. he knows it, that and can plug right I in. I thought you were going to say, Junior, just make sure you keep Dave and Blaine, Blaine yeah, gamefully that's, employed. That's I really it was a setup for that and it didn't even come up. Say, didn't even but, come up. Hey, you know, you know one thing One thing that, that Commissioner Yormark 
said, which I don't think is going to happen right away, but, but junior, you know, maybe down the road, after we did that, he came on our game day, two hour special. And we were talking, he's like, man, this is as good as college game day on ESPN, not as big a crap, but he's like the, the production quality. He goes, I can't believe you have this set and all this. Is this something you could do? Could you do a big 12 game day? Are you guys corp, you know, capable of that? And I said, well, I'm not the production guy, but let me just tell you this. Yes, <laughs> we absolutely could do a big 12 game day. If that's something you guys were interested in, he goes, Hmm, interesting. So I know we don't have a place to do that, but your Mark was thinking about that when he saw the level of what we were doing. And that's, that's one of the things we're working up towards and doing this is saying, look at what we can do. And we have the ability and the technology to be able to do this for the entire conference um, and make it kind of unique and something special for them. So we're, we've approached them about that and we're kind of looking at plans and, and different things that we can do, but yeah, it's, it's great. And really, honestly, I mean, those two guys, Michael and Russ, the only reason we're at where we are is because of them. Um, I mean, you can't immediately start running. And so they, they took it from ground zero and brought it up to where we did have the only pre and post game show. And that's why we're able to continue to grow and, and to earn that trust to start from zero where, you know, uh, the athletic department and stuff like, Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure that they saw us as well as a college station, but Michael and Russ bringing that legitimacy, bringing that experience to grow and to earn that trust to where we can continually build on that year after year and say, Oh, Hey, look what we can do. And all of that is because of the foundation that these two set um, to, to be able to do that. They had to take it. They had to do the hard work. I just get to that train's already moving. I just have to keep it moving, uh, in the right direction. The hardest part is getting it from stopped to, to moving and to going in that motion. And so these, these guys have been great in, in kind of getting us there. You know, it, it's interesting because people, Dave and I are lucky. We get to be one of the, you know, a couple of the faces. And so everybody thinks we're like, we are BYU TV because we're the ones they see on the air and I've seen this forever yeah, and for, for 30 something years, but we're just the tip of what happens, right? We're the very tip of the spear. It's the visible tip of the spear. And, uh, we just show up and call games, right. And do shows. Now we do have to do our homework and all that. Our job is the easy job. What you three, what, what Michael and Russ have done over the years and junior, what you coordinate with the like hundreds of people that get involved on a weekly basis to put these shows on the air. And, you know, dozens that work and we're doing all these live productions all at one time. It takes all of that. It's not Dave and I just talking. We're the lucky ones that are the beneficiary of everything that goes on behind the scenes. So yeah, it's a great, it's, we're, we're it's grateful a cool to you guys. So. All right, current boss, we'll cut you free. Well, and then we'll finish up with our former bosses. We'll see you. See you in the shop. See you, Junior. David see you. Phillips, Thank you very much. head of BYU TV Sports with a big future ahead. Of course, we're in the middle of baseball and volleyball and softball. You're not anymore because you just barely retired. Right. Yep. You're in the middle of afternoon you, naps and all that stuff. About the future. I think the future is bright. Future is bright. And you're back in rock and roll up at USANA running things, which uh, which I think is, is awesome. I'll always remember um, uh, you guys picking me up after a good morning. I was a reporter at Good Morning America, and we were in New Jersey, and it was 78 degrees. And I flew to Colorado Springs, and you picked me up. And then, yes, the music was loud, and then we, the Black Eyed Pea was probably involved. We also went to a Walmart and got some long johns because a winter storm had moved in. BYU's playing Air Force. 
I'm the sideline reporter back then before I moved up in the booth. Blaine and I think Jay Monson were up in the booth. Uh, you guys are in the truck. I'm down there. Coldest day of my life. My face mm-hmm. is frozen. I can't, my brain is warm, but everything else is frozen. And, you, and, and Blaine and those guys threw down to, for a sideline hit, and my mouth wouldn't move. <laughs> and all I could hear are three of my good friends is laughing and laughing oh, and times. laughing. As I, I think I was sitting on a snowbank, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm living the dream. I'm living yeah. the dream down here. But I knew you three were somewhere warm, living the dream in the truck and in the booth. But uh, that's just like one of uh, five million memories that, that we've enjoyed uh, together and and david said it best and and uh, so we brought you guys in to talk memories and stuff but also to to say thanks and give you some props and everybody in cougar nation that gets the chance to see what you look like and hear your voices and stuff well, uh, when for all those years it's been something where you've been behind the scenes making it happen yeah and that's cool so let's do five questions with these yeah, guys before yeah, we wrap be up interesting so we do this with all of our guests because i feel like it gives fans a chance to know you a little bit better with these these specific questions i'm really anxious for a couple of these ones <laughs> i'm nervous so and you're just supposed to the first thing that pops into your head that's what you're supposed to do that's what the that's purpose how we is, roll. right we don't want you to think through it about what the correct answer is we want you to just give your we gut. want honest so here we go honesty here we go and we'll we'll go michael first and then russ and then in the next question we'll go russ and then michael so okay. favorite sports movie michael moneyball moneyball i just watched that the other night it's classic. Russ, favorite sports movie. I can't believe he didn't take the Red Sox job. Yeah, I know. That was a lot more money. What do you got, Russ? I can't think of one right now. What? You already had bonus time to even think of a sports movie that you like. Yeah, I can't think of one. Not Rudy. Not Remember the Titans. Not, not Hoosiers. Yeah. Hoosiers. Not Rocky. Not Rocky. They're all good. I don't have a favorite. Look at the swing. See, here's we'll, the thing. We'll circle Ru- back. Russ is like a Russ. parent. Like when we always say, like... Are we your favorite broadcasters? He's always like, well, I love everybody the same. Yeah. You, can't, you can't leave one of them out, right? All right, so, well, then let's just go okay. right to... We'll go to a favorite... Favorite singer or band? Uh, Van Halen. Van Halen? Yeah. Well, we did that yeah, concert at Blaisdell. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I love Van Halen. I'm with you. I could listen to them anytime. I, I have a feeling I know what this is, but what are you going with? Dave Grohl. Oh, yeah. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Favorite uh, band, favorite singer. Okay. Did, did, I'm trying to remember, Michael, when, when when grunge rock was just like the Seattle music scene. Weren't you on the top of that back in those days? Oh, yeah. I, I love music. Nirvana. Career. That's where I came and, from. And uh, like there yeah. all those Seattle bands were coming. I remember Michael introducing Michael's me to still all of those. a drummer in his band. That's the right. band's still Two going? Bands. Two so, bands. And, and if we mention what Michael, like Russ, uh, Russ just retired. Michael made a move a few years ago. And should we tell people what Michael's doing now? Because it's a pretty cool gig he's got right we now. We just talked about it. We were talking oh, about up at USANA with the rock bands. Yeah, okay, never he's mind. He's in charge of band security. When a band comes to USANA, they deal with Michael. And Michael's music's been a huge when part of When we go Michael's to USANA, we should be able to right? go to the front row because of Michael, but we haven't quite worked that out. Yeah, we haven't worked that part out. But we'll talk about it. We'll okay. <laughs> okay, so now this first one's for Mike. Yeah, sorry, I had to run down and grab something. But um, your favorite breakfast cereal? I just had them this morning. Uh... Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Yes. I lo- well, so here, here's the other question. When anybody says Lucky Charms, because that's one of my childhood favorites, do you eat them in phases? Do you eat all the crunchy things first and leave like three bites of nothing but the marshmallow charms at the end? Or Who do you doesn't? Eat- See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, the right show's there. back. We got that's off track last week. That's what I'm talking week. about right there. Kyle Van Noy denounced all breakfast well, cereals. Goes, we don't, we, we'd make our kids green off. smoothies for breakfast. I'm like, <laughs> no, okie no. dokie, Kyle. All right, what so, do you got? Uh, pancakes. That's not a cereal. Not a cereal. Oh, cereal? Yeah. That was the favorite breakfast. It's got to be Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. That's right. Dave's. That's a good one. Yeah. That's Dave's, Crunch. Captain Crunch. 
at Fruit Loops today just to mix it up. Sometimes it's I Tuesday. do. Like in my cupboard right now, I have a nice bin of uh, Apple Jacks, one of uh, Fruit Loops, um, and one of uh, um, Life uh, Cinnamon Life because it's not regular Life Cinnamon Life. And what we're missing is some Lucky Charms, so we're gonna have to get. You, some you can go get the green Lucky Charms that are St. Patrick's that time of year. It's like next next week. It's that time of year. Okay, um, who's who, is this Russ first now? Yeah, yeah. So your favorite broadcast moment, favorite moment. Yeah, I know there's been a bunch, but there's got to be. We were doing a game, the football stadium, and uh, we had uh, Jim Nance and Steve Young on the field with the open. Right. And as soon as they got done with the stand-up in the open, they went to the elevator, and the elevator got stuck. That's right. We had Spencer Kennard the, in the, the booth. The music and the spoken music words, and the spoken Spencer word announcer. And so because uh, Jim and Steve were stuck in the elevator, we had Spence start the show. Oh, my god! So gosh. if you could imagine. And Spence at the time, not only that, he's, he's like the boss of KSL TV, right? Yeah. Of, of, he's like the news guy. And that's, that's who you're, 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 and I remember walking out of the truck at halftime, going, "This, this is terrible. This game. is a terrible game." And then BYU comes because BYU's back getting killed, yeah, and and made it one of the most exciting finishes ever. Yeah, it, it, that's one of my favorites I've ever called too, because the second half was so crazy. But but Michael might even remember this. Um, so my wife Brenda is a huge sports fanatic, right? And, and but she found out what it's really like to broadcast because we couldn't. We remember our our uh, spotter didn't show up. And Brenda said, I could spot for you guys. So we're like, oh, you sure you want to do this? She goes, yeah. What do I do? And we tell her, we have these boards here. Your job is to watch every single play, point to the primary tackler and the secondary tackler on every play. Um, and then the play-by-play guy, because he knows who's lined up. Play-by-play guy knows who's lined up. And if they throw a ball, you can easily identify. But sometimes it's not as easy to identify the tackler. So that was her role in this game as a spotter. Um, we got to halftime, and she turned to me and said, I hate you right now. <laughs> like she's like, I don't. I thought I watched football, but I don't know that I've ever watched every single play no. of a football game. I said, well, buckle in because we got a second half. And then that second half was nuts up and down the field. After the game, she goes, I have a migraine. I'm exhausted. We just need to go back to the hotel and go to bed and never ask me to do that again. I'm like, you volunteered to do it. She goes, I never realized how intense it is to broadcast the game. It's yeah. such a different deal when you get to sit at home and just chill. And watch a game, which I have a hard time doing. I start doing, right. I start analyzing the game. But, <laughs> but that's I remember that game, and that's a game that's in Brenda's mind forever because she filled in the spot for us that San Diego State game. Can I tell a quick story that's yeah. related to that? Yeah, yeah. So when I first started doing this, I was my dad was one of the biggest sports fans, BYU sports fans. He was so proud that I was producing the games live at at the stadium. So one one week he comes in. And I said, Dad, you know, you're not going to want to be in the truck. It's going to be too, too, you know. Crazy. Too crazy in there. So I'm going to put you on the sideline with a headset so you can hear what's going on. And so we do the game, and I'm excited to, to get his input when I when I get down there. And he, he comes up. I said, what do you think, Dad? He goes, I just have one thing to say. He goes, all these times I've been watching the games, I wonder who the idiot was who was <laughs> holding up the, the, the game for TV timeouts, and I find out it's my own son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great story. Well, I met you your dad many bills. times. You've got to pay the bills. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a dad more proud of a son than he was of you. Unless we look at yours. Or, or all yeah, of our, yeah. our dads. I, I, but, I have to tell you. But he was, he was, he was proud of how I, you did I'll make that. a confession here. I love TV timeouts when I'm doing a game. Because it goes away, and, and I'm calling the game. It's a chance to kind of regroup and see what notes we've been missing and kind of reset ourselves every time we take a TV timeout. And it seems like this time to, like, re-prepare or refocus yeah. and go. When I'm watching the game on TV, I hate it. To take too long. I hate it. I'm like, how long are like these Like 3.45, and you know exactly what the time of How long like, are oh these Oh, my things? gosh. Well, but, but now, like, I'll run from the couch to the fridge to get stuff. I'm just watching the game, and I get back, and, my, and everybody always goes, how did you know how long you could leave? And I'm like, oh. 34 years and a thousand plus games later, my body clock tells me exactly how long I have on a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. All right, number five, favorite technolo technological development at BYU TV. Is it me? Yeah, yeah you're first. Um, well, it was it was it was something we had to have, and you know we had all the research. We've talked about that. We had we had the best cameras, yeah. we had the best switchers, we had the best truck, we had everything. But the one thing we really needed when when I got back from ESPN was a way to actually script the shows and time the shows. And so the, uh, the administration allowed us to go out and get what ESPN had was an ENPS EMPS, system. Yeah. And I think that was a huge game changer for us to be able to, to actually script the shows and format the shows so that not only we knew what was going on, but we could teach that to students. Right. And you got BYU sports nation is a daily show and to have student, and we designed it to be student run. And if you look at how that show operates right now, it's all students. Yeah. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's a couple people that are managing it, you know, from a fall time basis, but it was designed to be all students. And like you said earlier, for those students to be able to take that and put it on their resume reel and say, I know how to script a show, I know how to enter all the, the information into the software so that the rundown, and then, and then be able to go right straight to ESPN that runs the same system. And that, that's awesome for us to be able to place students yeah. at ESPN. And we've done a lot mm -hmm. of it. Or, or the area news stations. Or yeah. the, what, a, what a person, a news director loves is somebody knows how to do yeah. stuff. Yeah. All, all that stuff behind the scenes people don't really like. When we're doing a show, that script comes to us at home the night before or the morning. We can log in and edit the script for our parts. It goes back in. They finalize it. Like all of this stuff that goes on behind the scenes to bring a game that people don't have any idea about. Yeah. All right, Russ, what's yours? For me, it's... Uh, uh, we have two uh, production control rooms just below my office in the yeah. building, and I can just walk downstairs, and I can I can be through fiber optics technology. I can be connected to the, the baseball stadium, to the football stadium, to the Marriott Center, depending on what event we have going on that day. Yeah, so the truck doesn't even have to be there. To, doesn't have it's to be just there. right there, and it's all connected to that control room. So I just walk downstairs to the game, walk back up after. Yeah. yeah. So when we're calling a basketball game in the Marriott Center or a, a game down at the, um, or we're doing game day down in the parking lot west of the stadium or a baseball game's going on. Or a volleyball game, a volleyball in, the field game in the field house. Yeah. All you guys all are up at the is building. Hard, is hardwired. We're at the yeah. building. And so the producing, directing, punching, you know, the technical directing. Cutting the show. Everything that's going on to produce that show with all of the different angles of all the cameras and Russ is telling which camera to take and how to do it. That's all happening up in BYU's broadcast facilities, which is phenomenal. Amazing technology. Yeah. Yeah, it cuts down the commute, you know. Yes, it does. Plus, then we don't have to see you can be mad at us. By the time you get to us, you're not mad at us anymore. Well, it's like that, that, it was like three that, blocks away to cool you off. The things that you can do from a quality perspective on, with sound and graphics and all these things um, with a permanent full-on uh, control room, 
is so much more than you could do even from the most, you know, technologically sound truck. So that's why all, a lot of these things that we do that originate from home look so good. They're network quality because we have network quality facilities. Great show today. Michael Miner, Russ Merrill, David Phillips next week, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Hoke. Let's wrap it up. It's Albert Einstein's birthday. He was born today, 1879. Yeah. Let's wrap up with his thought, which I think has everything to do with what we've been talking about in the development of BYU TV sports. Yeah, because we may, certainly did this, all of us. It says, Albert Einstein, a person who never made a mistake... Never tried anything new. And didn't you guys you spend so much time new. trying new stuff? Made some mistakes oh, yeah. and oh, look yeah. at the empire that, that we have. In That's its, how you innovate. The pressure you know, is unbelievable. Sense. It really is. And so it's easy to make a mistake. Yeah. But oh, just don't let the dominoes fall. No, but we, hey, and Dave and I have said some dumb stuff on the air before. Not that we're going to admit, but we have. I, I, <laughs> I've always appreciated, and I'm going to say some dumb stuff today probably, but I've yeah. always appreciated uh, Ken Venturi, the old CBS golf analyst ad advice. He said, never follow a bad shot with another bad shot. Mm -hmm. You know, if you make a bad shot, get it right and, and, and hit, a, hit a good shot. And, and I think that, that, that's BYU TV. We, we tried some things, and then, and then we go, okay, so this can be better, and this can be better. And then, then here we are, and, and, the, and the two of you guys literally – with, with BYU TV and, and its involvement in BYU TV sports, and now it's handed off to the Big 12 in the biggest right. conference for the most money in the history of BYU. says a lot about the pioneers, the ones who came in on the wagons and, and the two of you guys who came in and then brought us in with you. And here we are still today. It's crazy. Well, our motto, you were there because we were there. That's right. Yeah. And you guys are here because we are here. That's, That's right. On the wise guys. We appreciate you guys coming on. Hey, next week, reminder that Chris Hoke's coming on. We'll give you a big spring ball update next yeah. week. We'll have another practice under our belts, another week of practice, and we'll give everybody a big spring ball update next week. Podcasts will be up tomorrow on, on all the places you can find podcasts. And again, uh, we want you to go to YouTube and subscribe, Facebook. Twitch. Twitch, it's all free. Uh, and wiseguys.com is our home base where you can see this interview again. Danny Ainge, Ty Detmer, Max Hall, Marie Osmond, some of the fun ones we've had. It's nice to hang with you guys. Yeah, Always is. And we'll do it again. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Good job. <laughs>